Chapter Fourteen of the Tinted Venus by F. Anstey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter Fourteen: The Thirteenth Trump. Your adversary, having thus secured the lead with the last trump, you will be powerless to prevent the bringing in of the long suit. Ruff's Guide to Whist. What? thinkest thou that utterly in vain jove is my sire and in despite my will that thou canst mock me with thy beauty still story of cupid and psyche leander when he wrote his distracted appeal to matilda took it for granted that she had recognized the statue for something of a supernatural order and this combined with his perplexed state of mind caused him to be less explicit than he might have been in referring to the goddess's ill-timed appearance but unfortunately as will probably have been anticipated the only result of his reticence was that matilda saw in his letter an abject entreaty for her consent to his marriage with ada parkinson to avoid legal proceedings and under this misapprehension she wrote the line that abandoned all claims upon him and then went on with her accounts which were not so neatly kept that day as usual what she felt most keenly in leander's conduct was that he should have placed the ring which to all intent was her own upon the finger of another she could not bear to think of so unfeeling an act and yet she thought of it all through the long day as she sat outwardly serene at her high desk while her attendants at her side made up sprays for dances and wreaths for funerals from the same flowers at last she felt herself urged to a course which in her ordinary mind she would have shrunk from as a lowering of her personal dignity she would go and see her rival and insist that this particular humiliation should be spared her the ring was not leander's to dispose of at least to dispose of thus it was not right that any but herself should wear it and though the token could never now be devoted to its rightful use she wanted to save it from what in her eyes was a kind of profanation she would not own it to herself but there was a motive stronger than all this the desire to relieve her breast of some of the indignation which was choking her and of which her pride forbade any betrayal to leander himself this other woman had supplanted her but she would be made to feel the wrong she had done and her triumphs would be tempered with shame if she were capable of such a sensation matilda knew very well that the ring was not hers and she wanted it no longer but then it was miss tweddle's and she would claim it in her name she easily obtained permission to leave somewhat earlier that evening as she did not often ask such favours and soon found herself at madame chenille's establishment where she remembered to have heard from bella that her sister was employed she asked for the forewoman and begged to be allowed to speak to miss parkinson in private for a very few minutes but the forewoman referred her to the proprietress who made objections such a thing was never permitted during business hours the shop would close in an hour till then miss parkinson was engaged in the showroom and so on but matilda carried her point at last and was shown to a room in the basement where the assistants took their meals there to wait until miss parkinson could be spared from her duties matilda waited in the low dingy room where the tea-things were still littering the table as she paced restlessly about trying to feel an interest in the long discarded fashion plates which adorned the walls her anger began to cool and give place to something very like nervousness she wished she had not come what after all was she to say to this girl when they met 
and what was leander base and unworthy as he had shown himself to her any longer why should she care what he chose to do with the ring and he would be told of her visit and think no that was intolerable she would not qualify his vanity and humble herself in this way she would slip quietly out and leave her rival to enjoy her victory but just as she was going to carry out this intention the door opened and a short dark young woman appeared i'm told there was a young person asking to speak to me she said i made a parkinson at the name matilda's heart swelled again with the sense of her injuries and she was unprepared for the face that met her eyes surely her rival had both looked and spoken differently the night before and yet she had been so agitated that very likely her recollections were not to be depended upon i-i did want to see you she said and her voice shook as much from timidity as righteous indignation when i tell you who i am perhaps you will guess why i am matilda Collum. miss parkinson showed no symptoms of remorse what she cried the young lady that mr tweddle is courting fancy after what happened last night said matilda trembling exceedingly you know that that is all over i didn't come to talk about that if you knew and i think you must have known all that mr tweddle was to me you have you have not behaved very well but he is nothing to me any more and it is not worth while to be angry only i don't think you ought to keep the ring not that ring goodness gracious me cried ada what in the world is all this about what ring oughtn't i to keep you know retorted matilda how can you pretend like that the ring he gave you that night at rusherwich the girl's mad exclaimed the other he never gave me a ring in all his life i wouldn't have taken it if he'd asked me ever so mr tweddle indeed why do you say that said matilda he has not got it himself and your sister said he gave it to you and-and i saw it with my own eyes on your hand oh dear me said ada petulantly holding out her hand look there is that it is this well these are all that i have whether you believe me or not one belonged to my poor mother and the other was a present only last friday from the gentleman that's their head traveller next door that's going to be my husband is it likely that i should be wearing any other now ask yourself you wouldn't wish to deceive me i hope said matilda and oh miss parkinson you might be open with me for i'm so very miserable i don't know what to think tell me just this did you wasn't it you who came last night to miss tweddle's no returned ada impatiently no as many times as you please and if bella likes to say i did she may and she always was a mischief-making thing how could i when i didn't know there was any miss tweddle to come to and what do you suppose i should go running about after mr tweddle for i wonder you're not ashamed to say such things but faltered matilda you did go to those gardens with him didn't you and-and i know he gave the ring to somebody ada began to laugh you're quite correct miss Collum," she said so he did don't you want to know who he gave it to yes said matilda and you will tell me i have a right to be told i was engaged to him and the ring was given to him for me not for anyone else you will tell me miss parkinson i'm sure you will well said ada still laughing i'll tell you this much she's a foreign lady very stiff and stuck up and cold she's got it if anyone has i saw him put it on myself tell me her name if you know it i see you won't be easy till you know about it her name's aphrodite or frodity or something outlandish like that she lives at rusherwich a good deal in the open air and there don't be ridiculous it's only a statue there's a pretty thing to be jealous of only a statue echoed matilda 
oh heaven be with us both if if that was it certain sentences in the letter she had returned came to her mind with a new and dreadful significance the appearance of the visitor last night leander's terror all seemed to point to some unsuspected mystery it can't be no it can't miss parkinson you were there tell me all that happened quick you don't know what may depend on it what not satisfied even now cried ada well miss Collum, talk about jealousy but there i'll tell you all i know myself and she gave the whole account of the episode with the statue so far as she knew it even to the conversation which led to the production of the ring you see she concluded that it was all on your account that he tried it on at all and i'm sure he talked enough about you all the evening i was really a little surprised when i found you were his miss Collum. you won't mind my saying so if i was you i should go and tell him i forgave him now i do think he deserves it poor little man yes yes cried matilda i'll go i'll go at once thank you miss parkinson for telling me what you have and then as she remembered some dark hints in leander's letter oh i must make haste he may be going to do something desperate he may have done it already and leaving miss parkinson to speculate as she pleased concerning her eccentricity she went out into the broad street again and unaccustomed as she was to such expenditure hailed the hansom for there was no time to be lost she had told the man to drive to the southampton row passage but as she drew nearer she changed her purpose she did not like to go alone for who knew what she might see there it was out of the question to expect her mother to accompany her but her friend and landlady would not refuse to do so and she drove to millman street and prevailed on miss tweddle to come with her without a moment's delay the two women found the shop dark but unshuttered there was a light in the upper room you stay down here please said matilda if if anything is wrong i will call you and miss tweddle without very well understanding what it was all about and feeling fluttered and out of breath was willing enough to sit down in the saloon and recover herself and so it came to pass that matilda burst into the room just as the hairdresser was preparing to pronounce the inevitable words that would complete the goddess's power he stood there pale and dishevelled with eyes that were wild and bordered with red opposite him was the being she had once mistaken for a fellow-creature too well she saw now that the tall and queenly form with the fixed eyes and cold tinted mask was inspired by nothing human and her heart died within her as she gazed spellbound upon her formidable rival leander she murmured supporting herself against the frame of the door what are you going to do keep back matilda he cried desperately go away it's too late now a moment before and deserted as he believed himself to be by love and fortune alike he had been almost resigned to the strange and shadowy future which lay before him but now now that he saw matilda there in his room no longer scornful or indifferent but pale and concerned her pretty gray eyes dark and wide with anguish and fear for him he felt all he was giving up he had a sudden revulsion a violent repugnance to his doom she loved him still she had repented for some reason oh why had she not done so before what could he do now for her own sake he must steel himself to tell her to leave him to his fate for he knew well that if the goddess were to discover matilda's real intentions to him it might cost his innocent darling her life for the moment he rose above his ordinary level he lost all thought of self let aphrodite take him if she would but matilda must be saved 
go away he repeated and his voice was cracked and harsh under the strain of doing such violence to his feelings can't you see you're you're not wanted oh do go away while you can matilda closed the door behind her do you think she said catching her breath painfully that i shall go away and leave you with that leander said the statue command your sister to depart i'm not his matilda was beginning impetuously till the hairdresser stopped her you are he cried you know you're my sister you've forgotten it that's all don't say a syllable now do you hear me she's going lady venus going directly indeed i'm not said matilda bravely leave us maiden said the statue your brother is yours no longer he is mine know you who it is that commands tremble then nor oppose the will of aphrodite of the radiant eyes i've never heard of you before said matilda and i'm not afraid of you and whoever or whatever you are you shall not take my leander away against his will do you hear you could never be allowed to do that the statue smiled with pitying scorn his own act has given me the power i hold she said and assuredly he shall not escape me listen pleaded matilda perhaps you are not really wicked it is only that you don't know the ring he put without ever thinking what he was doing on your finger was meant for mine it was really he is my lover give him back to me matilda shrieked the young man you don't know what you're doing run away quick do as i tell you so said the goddess turning upon him in this too you have tried to deceive me you have loved you still love this maiden oh not in that way he shouted overcome by his terror for matilda there's some mistake you mustn't pay any attention to what she says she's excited all my sisters get like that when they're excited they say anything silence commanded the statue should i not have skill to read the signs of love this girl loves you with no sister's love deny it not leander felt that his position was becoming untenable he could only save matilda by a partial abandonment well i suppose she does he said i'm not obliged to return it am i matilda shrank back oh leander she cried with a piteous little moan you brought it on yourself he said you will come here interfering interfering she repeated wildly you call it that how can i help myself am i to stand by and see you giving yourself up to nobody can tell what as long as i have strength to move and breathe to speak i shall stay here and beg and pray of you not to be so foolish and wicked as to go away with her how do you know where she will take you to cease this railing said the statue leander loves you not away then before i lay you dead at my feet leander cried the poor girl tell me isn't it true what she says you didn't mean it you do love me you don't really want me to go away for her own sake he must be cruel but he could scarcely speak the words that were to drive her from his side for ever this this lady he said speaks quite correct i i'd very much rather you went she drew a deep sobbing breath i don't care for anything any more she said and faced the statue defiantly you say you can strike me dead she said i'm sure i hope you can and the sooner the better for i will not leave this room the dreamy smile still curved the statue's lips in terrible contrast to the inflexible purpose of her next words you have called down your own destruction she said and death shall be yours stop a bit cried leander mind what you're doing do you think i'll go with you if you touch a single hair of my poor tilly's head 
why i'd sooner stay in prison all my life see here and he put his arm round matilda's slight form if you crush her you crush me so now and if so the goddess said with cruel contempt are you of such value in my sight that i should stay my hand you whom i have sought but to manifest my power for no softer feelings have you ever inspired and now having withstood me for so long you turn even at the moment of yielding to yonder creature and it is enough i will contend no longer for so mean a prize slave and fool that you have shown yourself aphrodite rejects you in disdain leander made no secret of his satisfaction at this now you talk sense he cried i have always told you we weren't suited tilly do you hear she gives me up she gives me up ay she continued i need you not upon you and the maiden by your side i invoke a speedy and terrible destruction which ere you can attempt to flee shall surely overtake you leander was so overcome by this highly unexpected sentence that he lost all control over his limbs he could only stand where he was supporting matilda and stare at the goddess in fascinated dismay the goddess was raising both hands palm upwards to the ceiling and presently she began to chant in a thrilling monotone hear o zeus that sittest on high delighting in the thunder hear the prayer of thy daughter aphrodite the peerless as she calleth upon thee nor suffer her to be set at naught with impunity rise now i beseech thee and hurl with thine unerring hand a blazing bolt that shall consume these presumptuous insects to a smouldering cinder blast them sire with the fire wreaths of thy lightning blast and spare not kiss me tilly and shut your eyes said leander it's coming she was nestling close to him and could not repress a faint shivering moan i don't mind now we're together she whispered if only it won't hurt much the prayer uttered with such deadly intensity had almost ceased to vibrate in their ears but still the answer tarried it tarried so long that leander lost patience and ventured to open his eyes a little way he saw the goddess standing there with a strained expectation on her upturned face i don't wish to hurry you mum he said tremulously but you ought to be above torturing us might i ask you to request your your relation to look sharp with that thunderbolt zeus cried the goddess and her accent was more acute thou hast heard thou wilt not shame me thus must i go unavenged still nothing whatever happened until at last matilda unclosed her eyes leander she cried with a hysterical little laugh i don't believe she can do it no more don't i said the hairdresser withdrawing his arm and coming forward boldly now look here lady venus he remarked it's time there was an end of this one way or another we can't be kept up here all night waiting till it suits your mr zeus to make cockshies of us either let him do it now or let it alone the statue's face seemed to be illumined by a stronger light zeus i thank thee she exclaimed clasping her pale hands above her head i am answered i am answered and as she spoke a dull ominous rumble was heard in the distance matilda here cried the terrified hairdresser running back to his betrothed keep close to me it's all over this time the rumble increased to a roll which became a clanking rattle and then lessened again to a roll died away to the original rumble and was heard no more leander breathed again to think of my being taken in like that he cried why it's only a van out in the street it's no good mum you can't work it you'd better give it up the goddess seemed to feel this herself for she was wringing her hands with a low wail of despair 
is there none to hear she lamented are they all gone all then is aphrodite fallen indeed deserted of the gods her kinsmen forgotten of mortals braved and mocked by such as these woe woe for olympus is in ruins and the time the dethroner of deities leander would hardly have been himself if he had forborne to take advantage of her discomfiture you see mum he said you're not everybody you mustn't expect to have everything your own way down here we're in the nineteenth century nowadays mum and there's another religion come in since you were in fashion don't leander said matilda in an undertone let her alone the poor thing she seemed to have quite forgotten that her fallen enemy had been dooming her to destruction the moment before but there was something so tragic and moving in the sight of such despair that no true woman could be indifferent to it either the taunt or the compassion however roused the goddess to a frenzy of passion hold your peace she said fiercely and strode down upon leander until he beat an instinctive retreat fallen as i am i will not brook your mean vauntings or insolent pity shorn i may be of my ancient power but something of my divinity clings to me still vengeance is not wholly denied to me why should i not deal with you even as those profane wretches who laid impious hands upon this my effigy why why leander began to feel uncomfortable again if i've said anything you object to he said hastily i'll apologize i will and so will matilda freely and full in writing if that will satisfy you tremble not for your worthless bodies she said had you been slain as i purposed you would have but escaped me after all now a vengeance keener and more enduring shall be mine in your gross blindness you have dared to turn from divine aphrodite to such a thing as this and for your impiety you shall suffer this is your doom and so much at least i can still accomplish long as you both may live strong as your love may endure never again shall you see her alone never shall she be folded to your breast for ever i will stand a barrier between you so shall your days consume away in the torturing desire for a felicity you may never attain it seems to me tilly said leander looking round at her with hollow eyes that we may as well give up keeping company together after that matilda had been weeping quietly oh no leander not that don't let us give each other up we may we may get used to it that is not all said the revengeful goddess i understand but little of the ways of this degenerate age but one thing i know this very night guards are on their way to search this abode for the image in which i have chosen to reveal myself and should they find that they are in search of you will be dragged to some dungeon and suffer deserved ignominy it pleased me yesternight to shield you to-night be very sure this marble form shall not escape their vigilance he felt at once that this at least was no idle threat the police might arrive at any instant she had only to vacate the marble at the moment of their entry and what could he do how could he explain its presence the gates of portland or dartmoor were already yawning to receive him was it too late even then to retrieve the situation if it wasn't for tilly i could see my way to something even now he thought i can but try <clears throat> lady venus he began clearing his throat it's not my desire to be the architect of any mutual unpleasantness anything but i don't see any use in denying that you've got the best of it i'm done regular bowled over and if ever there was a poor devil of a toad under a herer i've no hesitation in admitting that toad's me so the only point i should like to submit for your consideration is this have things gone too far 
are you quite sure you won't be spiting yourself as well as me over this business can't we come to an amicable arrangement think it over leander you don't mean it leave me alone he said hoarsely i know what i'm saying whether the goddess had overstated her indifference or whether she may have seen a prospect of some still subtler revenge she certainly did not receive this proposition of leander's with the contumely that might have been expected on the contrary she smiled with a triumphant satisfaction that betrayed a disposition to treat have my words been fulfilled then she asked is your insolent pride humbled at last do you sue to me for the very favours you so long spurned you can put it that way if you like he said doggedly if you want me you'd better say so while there's time that's all little have you merited such leniency she said and yet it is to you i owe my return to life and consciousness shall i abandon what i have taken such pains to win no i accept your submission speak then the words of surrender and let us depart together before i do that he said firmly there's one point i must have settled to my satisfaction you can bargain still she exclaimed haughtily are all barbers like you if your point concerns the safety of this maiden be at ease she shall go unharmed for she is my rival no longer well it wasn't that exactly he explained but i'm doubtful about that ring being the genuine article and i want to make sure but a short time since and you were willing to trust all to me i was but if i may take the liberty of observing so things were different then you were wrong about that thunderbolt you may be wrong about the ring fool she said how know you that the quality of the token concerns my power were it even of unworthy metal has it not brought me hither yes he said but it mightn't be strong enough to pass me the whole distance and where should i be then it don't look to me more than fifteen carat and i daren't run any extra risk how then can your doubts be set at rest she demanded easy he replied there are men who understand these things all i ask of you is to step over with me and see one of them and take his opinion if he says it's gold why then i shall know where i am aphrodite submit her claims to the judgment of a mortal she cried never will i thus debase myself very well he said then we must stay where we are all i can say is i've made you a fair offer she paused why not she said dreamily as if thinking aloud have not i sued ere thus for the decision of a shepherd judge even of paris tis but one last indignity and then he is mine indeed leander she added graciously it shall be as you will lead the way i follow but matilda who had been listening to this compromise with incredulous horror clung in desperation to her lover's arm and sought to impede his flight leander she cried oh leander surely you won't be mad enough to go away with her you won't be so wicked and sinful as that remember who she is one of the false gods of the poor benighted heathens she owned it herself she's nothing less than a live idol think of all the times we've been to chapel together think of your dear aunt and how she'll feel your being in such awful company let the police come and think what they like we'll tell them the truth and make them believe it only be brave and stay here with me don't let her ensnare you have some pity for me for if you leave me i shall die already the guards are at your gates said the statue choose quickly while you may he put matilda gently from him tilly he said with a convulsive effort to remain calm you gave me up of your own free will you know that and now you've come round too late the other lady spoke first 
as she still clung to him he tried to whisper some last words of a consoling or reassuring nature and she suddenly relaxed her grasp and allowed him to make his escape without further dissuasion not that his arguments had reconciled her to his departure but because she was mercifully unaware of it end of chapter fourteen read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california shaggybark.blogspot.com